0: This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Read the book of Acts. Did it? They were like, let's not have anything to do with him, man. That guy, he's a murderer of Christians. You know what he did? He made me start preaching the gospel. He's like, I'm just going to keep preaching the gospel. That's fine. I'll preach the gospel. Not out of spite, not out of envy, not to prove them wrong, but he's like, listen, I'm just going to press on. I'm just going to press on. I'm just going to keep pressing on. What happens? He ends up writing most of the New Testament. And neither does Paul, whenever he got up to preach, he's like, well, you know what, let me tell you about what happened on the road to Damascus. If it happened to me, bro, that's all I'm gonna be talking about. Dude, let me tell you about the bright light. I couldn't see for three days. I didn't eat, I didn't drink water. And I sprayed scales full of my eyes. Dude, God is so awesome. All my life, that's what I'll be talking about. That's not what Paul does. See, sometimes we sit in the bus station feeling like, God's already used me. God's already got enough done through me. I'm happy, that's self-righteous pride, repent. You can't just keep sitting there and feel like I've run my race. I've done enough. I've served the church for so many years. I've been a pastor for so many years. You're still living. You're breathing. you got to keep pressing on to make the gospel your own. you got to keep pressing on. Forgetting what's in the past. And pressing on the future. Because God, if he's put you here on this earth. It's not over yet. It's not over till Jesus says it's over. And he's not said it's over. you got to keep pressing on. you got to keep pressing on. you got to keep pressing on. And then Paul says in verse 14. I press on towards the goal. I press on towards the goal. I press on towards the goal. Second sub-point in pressing on, aim for the goal of Christ-likeness. Aim for the goal of Christ-likeness. So many questions that I'm going to ask you. I'm sorry because we're covering 10 verses. I typically like to preach three verses. What is your goal? Maybe your goal was to make more money. Maybe your goal was to get a bigger house and, and all that's fine, man. But if your goal is not Christ-likeness, all of those things you might happen to you, But you'll lose your gaze Of what lies beyond the grave Let me try and explain this Just a little bit And really fast Your focus Will determine Your reality Your focus Is what will determine Your reality Did I say determine How do you say it? Determine? Determine Determine. Your focus will determine Your reality Okay Says the English lady Sitting over here You know It's like (laughs) What you focus on, I can't even say that word properly now. What you focus on will change
1: the reality
0: around you. Okay, I'll give you an example, thank you Earl. I need that, I need that positive reinforcement over here. Um, if, if I decide to take care of my health, what I'm gonna be focusing on is everything that I put in my mouth. Do I need it, do I want it? Is it past eight, what's the time? What have I eaten before this? What am, I, what, what am I going to eat later? And you really would take care of it. You would you, you schedule your life so that if you want to take care of your health, you're like, I need to work out at some point. Bosh, it's gonna be cold, so I can't go out for a run. I gotta do something else. You know what I'm talking about. We're in America. Everybody's done this at some point in their life. like, I gotta take good care of my health. What am I eating? What am I not? You know, Let me follow a few people. Text a few people, like, what are you eating? Where do you buy stuff from? Is this organic? Is this not? They're like, man, wow, crazy, right? Okay, because you focus Will change the reality around you. If you're focusing on your health, your kitchen changes. If you're focusing on health, your fridge changes. If you're focusing on your health, your budget changes. Focusing on your health, your friends will change, isn't it? What you focus on will change your reality around you. If you're focusing on making money, the people around you will change. If you're focusing on becoming a better believer, guess guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? The people around you will change Your money spending will change Your eating habits will change The way you talk, the way you walk, the way you, the way you think the, the time you spend, all of that will change And Paul is telling us If you want to make the gospel your own You've got to press on With your goal being Christ-likeness And so I want to ask you, church, this morning with, with, with love and humility What are your goals? C.S. Lewis, I think it was, who said it really well He said, aim for heaven, you'll have earth thrown in He says, you aim for earth, you lose both what is your goal? What are you aiming for? Uh, Pinterest was really cute because I was Googling stuff, right? And, and, and this thing just pops up and it says, set goals that excite you and scare you at the same time. And I actually literally LOL'd. I laughed out loud. I was like, set goals that excite me and scare me at the same time. I can't think of any goal this world can scare me at except trying to be Christ-like. It excites me and it scares me. And I was like, thank you, Pinterest. God can use Pinterest too. Right? <laughs> Christ likeness is a great goal and Paul just doesn't say that verse 14 I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus for the prize of the upward call of God you know if you've studied the book of Philippians you know that this this passage is really talking about a runner it's talking about a guy running a race I hate running okay I don't like running so I was like I'm not going to use running analogies because it wouldn't make sense to me when all commentators talk about running and I just don't want to come in and regurgitate something that I read in the commentary. You wouldn't like that. Okay. So when you're running, you know, all the blood, it goes to your feet, you see? And your feet, it begins to swell. I have no clue. Okay? <laughs> like, I don't know. So I wasn't going to do that. But Paul over here, when he says reach for the prize, it's really an imagery of, of an athlete that's stretching himself to an extent, using determination and focus and all his energy and all his muscles to reach for the prize. And what's the prize? The upward call of God in Christ Jesus That's his resurrection Reach for the prize of resurrection The upward call of Christ Jesus This reminder of eternal future Excited him and he pressed on And he pressed on He was like man no matter what it takes I want to reach for the prize I want to aim for my goal to be Christ likeness Quick question No matter how much you reach No matter how much you press in Are you ever going to be Christ like? Here on this earth? You'll never be perfect You'll never be perfect but you know what? This next verse tells us that there are some people that actually thought that they could be perfect. Look at verse 15. Let those of us who are mature, can also be translated perfect, if you have a King James Bible, in fact that's how it reads, therefore as many as are perfect. Let those of us who think that we're perfect, think this way. Which way? To press on to make the gospel your own, to press on to reach for the price, to press on forgetting the past, to press on to not just sit at a bus station thinking that you're perfect, that you've arrived, but to press on. You see, these people that were infiltrating the church, they were saying that, listen, there's a second grace that will come that will make you perfect, and you'll, you'll be sinless. And it sounds foolish to you and me, but there are some churches, even in America today, that still believe this. I picked this from one of their the websites. It says, the Church of the Nazarene believe that the Bible teaches that the lives of sanctified Christ followers should be sin-free. And that disobedience to God should rarely occur if Christians are living by the power of the Holy Spirit as God's Spirit transforms them to be Christ-like. And it's actually pretty funny when you think about it because when they were asked what do you do when a person who believes this actually sins and they said well it's not sin it's just a mistake i was like what i was like there's a spelling difference but it's the same thing sin and mistake but sin is sin and this is why god wants to convict us from our self-righteous pride you see, i said this last week some of us we want to give jesus a vacation we're like come down from the cross it's okay come on We'll be buddies now. You saved me when I was a dragon. You saved me when I was sleeping around. I'm fine now. I don't need you anymore. I got this. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And Paul says, if you think that you're perfect, if you think that you're mature, think this way. Press on to make the gospel your own. Forget the past. Look to the future. Look beyond the grave. Aim for goal, the goal of Christ-likeness. Even though we cannot achieve it in this lifetime, we aim for it. We reach for the prize. We stretch. We put determination. We put courage into this and we reach to be more and more closer and closer and closer to him so that we will have this beautiful intimate relationship with him and Paul continues to say in verse 15 and if in anything you think otherwise God will reveal that also to you in other words telling the Philippian church there's only so much that you can do to a self-righteous person and after that you got to let them go and let God reveal this to them God will take care of that because only so much that you can do to a person that doesn't want to change you see it's easy for me to talk to people whose hearts are contrite, whose hearts are ready for the gospel But if people come kind of sitting like this and they're like, hmm, who's this guy? Oh, his hair looks funny. Which school did he go to? Where was he ordained? I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. Let God deal with you. You know, I'll preach to those that are desperate for the gospel, who are desperate for Jesus Christ to come and change their life. And Paul says in verse 16, only let us hold true to what we've attained. And this is the second thing that Paul's going to say. Hold on to what you've gained. So first he says, press on to make the gospel your own. And just because you're pressing on doesn't mean you let go of what you've received from Christ. You've got to hold on to what you've gained. So the first is press on. Second is hold on. Hold on. Hold on to what you've gained. You with me this morning? You having a good time? Yeah. I love this church, man. I love what God is doing. And every single week I get ready, it blows my mind. In fact, as we come to the, to the close of this message, I want to share with you things that was very, very, very personal to me. And I was sitting in a coffee shop with tears in my eyes literally tears in my eyes that God will reveal such beautiful, beautiful invitations to us to come and have this relationship with Him. Hold on to what you've gained. Uh, And there's just one verse in this point, okay? It's verse 16 that I read earlier. Only does hold true to what we've attained. The hold on that the Bible urges us to is a holding on that's done in passion and in discipline. It's a holding on passion and discipline. It's a holding on that needs discipline, active obedience. It's easy for us to be a one day wonder. You come to church, you have a great experience, you go back home and I've seen too many Christians like this. They go to a youth camp, have a great experience, they go back home. It's this one day wonder. It's this one, one season wonder. And they go back and they're not holding on anymore. Holding on demands active work on our part to stay in the reality and the truth of the gospel. Paul is not saying hold on what you received because he's asking you to go live in the past he's not discrediting what he said earlier holding on is actually making the gospel a present reality in every circumstance that we go through holding on like i said demands dedication and passion i read a story about a little girl uh and it made me again it made me think of my own children because i could hear one of my sons saying something like this uh this little girl was going to go ride a horse for the grandpa and, and she'd never been on a horse before, and so she got on the horse and she was freaking out when the horse was moving around. And she started, you know, she's like, Grandpa, I'm scared! Grandpa, I'm scared! And the grandpa turned around, I could imagine, like, this the a very cowboy, the handlebar mustache. like, why are you scared, little girl? You know? That's my, that's my cowboy impersonation. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you scared, little girl? You know? And she said, I've never been on a horse before, and I just don't know how to ride a horse. You know, I could imagine, like, I just don't know how to ride a horse. And the grandpa said, it's okay, I do. I know how to ride a horse. You just hold on to me. You just hold on to me. You see, oftentimes, as believers, we think that the gospel is the beginning. It's the A, B, and the C, as Tim Keller would say. It's the A, B, and C. And then we feel like we got to go search for the X, Y, and Z. Not realizing the gospel is A to Z. Gospel is... The beginning till the end. We've got to press on to that. And we've got to hold on to what we've attained. We cannot say, okay, fine, the gospel saved me. And now I need to go search more of the, you know, where the prophecies and, and where is this and that. And Paul says, like, man, you can interpret the whole Bible. And you can speak in tongues. And you can have faith to move mountains. But if you don't have love, you lost it all. And if you don't have the gospel, you've lost all the love. You've lost it. And this holding on really began to convict me. Because every time I come back home, Um, I still have boxes in my garage that is yet to be unpacked. Okay? There are boxes. I don't want to get rid of them because they're useful for me, but not useful enough for it to sit in my desk. But it sits in a box in the garage. And I want to ask you, is the gospel in a box in the garage this morning? You see, that's why I brought this, because... Um, this was sitting in my garage for a while. Uh, those of us who are listening at home and don't have the visual, it's, it's, it's a dumbbell. It was sitting in my garage, and, 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 um, and my wife had a conversation about it one day, and she said, hey, you haven't really used it in a while. Should we move it somewhere else? And you know, like, and I said, no, 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 I want to hold on to it. I want to hold on to it. I don't want to get rid of it yet. I bought it, and, and I want to hold on to it. I, I thought I was going to use it. I, I, I like it. I still like it. I still want it. I want to hold on to it. That's not the kind of holding on that Paul's talking about, about holding on. He, he wants us to, to hold on. He wants us to... Don't laugh at me. I know it's lightweight. Okay? It just looks big. Okay? I know. Like you guys. I thought it was plastic. You thought it was plastic. Here we go. I'm trying to make a point over here, guys. It's getting too heavy. Levi's got a lot of editing to do in this message, huh? (laughs) They're taking bets, so they're like, I bet he's going to use it wrong. (laughs) The things I do because I love you guys. But, thank you. I couldn't find a better example. But, um, the holding on that Paul's talking about is not just something that's sitting in your garage. He's talking about a holding on that takes dedication and takes passion to stay true to what you said yes to to stay true to what you once received because you see when you let go of what you said yes to when you came to know Christ when sickness comes when you lose your job when things change around the world faith is like a muscle and you gotta keep working on it and if that faith deteriorates and it's gone you will fall and Paul says you gotta hold on to what you once attained, to what you once got. And you know what? I'm happy to tell you that um, our faith is a workout. Join us this Sunday at The Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service time and address.